This is Evil Jeff, and you are listening to the 95th episode of CBQ Legacy, that is Comic Book Queers. Ah, 95. That was a great year. We were almost at the Atlanta Olympics. Do you remember that, Brett, my other co-host? I do. I do. I remember the Atlanta Olympics. I went to visit my friend in Chicago, um, in, in Aurora, where Wayne's World takes place, and watched it from his basement. Did you see the Carrie Strug landing on one foot live? Gymnastics. I did. And oh my God, I stood up. I cheered. I cried. It was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I think that was the last time I was proud to be an American. (laughs) Me too. But that's 96, 95. What happened in 95? 95, I was a sophomore in in high school. Um, The comic book, the X-Men comic world was, was in a complete tailspin. Yeah, I wasn't, I think in 95, I kind of wasn't reading. Yeah, I stopped honestly. reading because that's when everyone left for Image shortly yeah. thereafter. So that was when it was like, when did Age of Apocalypse happen? What year? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, that was earlier than 95. All right. Maybe. No, I, I feel it's around there. Okay. It's around there. <laughs> We're not going to look it up because we don't care enough. No, I don't care about past movies and past things. I'm talk- I want to think about the future. Right now. What's happening right now, Brett? Is there any new fun goss you have to share? No, there's not goss, but uh, as you know, I have been reborn. My comics conspiracy theorist analytical side has really come back to the fore, thanks to Hickman. So everything I look at, I'm looking at with a scrutinizing eye. Okay, like what? And I'm looking right now at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right. And I want to pitch you a theory. So I'm using what I call predictive analytics to, I think I've pretty much guessed where we're going in the MCU. And I'd like to talk to you about it. Okay. All right, so um, we're all wondering, like, what what are we leading up to? Kind of what's going to be our next, like, a, a, a next big thing? And I don't think this is going to be the next big thing, but I think it's definitely going to be a next big thing. And I think the roadmap to get there is all in phase four. What if phase four is leading us to the assembly of the young Avengers? Hear me out. Hawkeye's giving us Kate Bishop. We have already got Cassie Stature in Ant-Man. We have WandaVision coming up. WandaVision is about Wanda and Vision in the 50s. So that's automatically going to be family-oriented. It's going to get you Wiccan, isn't it? Yeah. Loki. Let's talk about Loki. Young Avengers Loki, yeah. Young Avengers Loki could be popping up out of there. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's all about how America does not want Sam Wilson as Captain America. So it's about ethnicity and this country and and taking on iconic American roles. What if we meet Patriot? What if we meet America Chavez in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? And in the sequel of Captain Marvel, what if the Kree, the secret to the Kree and Skrull fighting is a hybrid person Teddy. in Teddy. Yeah. And what if in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, what if we meet like an alternate kind of Tony Stark in an Iron Heart or an Iron Lad? Or maybe that's where we get America Chavez, who's from another dimension. Or that's where you introduce Kang, is through the Young Avengers. 
exactly. So maybe it's the Young Avengers versus Kang we're setting up, and maybe Ant Man three is our Young Avengers movie. Maybe maybe Scott Lang is going to have to be the one to kind of train and 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 coalesce this new team. What if Ant Man three is called Ant Man and the Young Avengers, and it's the one of the flagship titles of Phase five? I. I 100% agree with that, but I think it's I don't I think they are setting up Young Avengers, Dark Avengers and New Avengers. I think they're going for I think they're like going for all of it. I think you're right, although I would substitute New Avengers with Ultimates and I think we're going to get That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like the what the new yeah. core Avengers team is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be Ultimates. I think it'll be the Carol Black Panther um who else is on that? America Chavez. Uh, there's someone else we already have. And, uh, oh, and uh, maybe, and then if mutants come get prodigy on there. Hell yeah. To do a and then maybe, triangle. Oh my God. What if prodigy is our first mutant? What if like that would <laughs> we be meet weird. prodigy and like we, one day we follow him home and he's like, Hey, I'm home everybody. And it's like weird people squatting. And Hey, can I do a quick shout out? It's quick plug. Hey, who's that? Hey, guys, if you want to hear all of my theories on who I think the new uh, X-Men, uh, the new X-Men, the new Avengers team should be, uh, you can go to YouTube to the new Rockstars channel and watch the show Rogue Theory. It's the latest episode. Just type in Rogue Theory. It'll be it'll come up. And I am one of the guests on there. And we talk about get that. out of here. Yes. So watch it. I'm going to be you, looking at that for you, sure. You can see my face. And I also give a lovely. Um, they they we also talked about how Darkseid is coming to uh, the the new gods, and how okay. the prob- the problem that uh, they have with it's too similar to Thanos. You know. What okay. I mean? Yeah. See, I I feel really bad for all these other franchises who are like, well, Marvel's already done it. Got to change it. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> we're they're doing the Eternals. They're doing the Eternals, which is basically the new gods, and they already have Thanos, which is basically Darkseid. So they're yeah. making this movie where it's like Marvel's already probably going to do it better. So my theory was just make make Darkseid completely a different character. He'll still be Darkseid, but he'll be tall and lanky with pink skin and super gay. I love it. Oh my god, that'll drive the. the I think I think the DC fanboy base would love that, right? <laughs> And then, is there any other theories you have? I wanted to move on to another uh, issue, but if there's something else you wanted to talk about with your just your young one Avengers thing team. with this, just one thing with this Ultimates things. So I oh, think okay. we, yeah, I think the Young Avengers, the Ultimates. It's um, Black Panther. It's Carol. Um, it's America Chavez. It's Adam Brashear, the Blue Marvel, and it's Monica Rambeau. Hello, we have her too, and kind of and galactus like it's all very galactus centric so does ultimates lead us to galactus which leads us to fantastic four now, is that how we're getting f- there do you feel the ultimates will be the space team yeah and then yes. the new avengers like wolverine spider-man jessica drew blade they'll be like the home team maybe that's what maybe I'm maybe um okay. yeah you know what i'm calling i'm gonna i'm gonna call this is my guess for phase five Ready? Here's okay. my lineup. It's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's going to be Captain Marvel 2, and they're going to call that Alpha Flight. Uh, it's going to be Black Panther Atlantis. Although I just saw fan art that said Black Panther 2 Kings. Fucking love that. The other king being Namor. Mm. Um, Ant-Man and the Young Avengers. Blade, the Ultimates, Fantastic Four. I love it. 
Now, where Let's do the, it. Where Let's the, do it. But where the you you think phase they, six? I th- I guess you think you you don't even think the mutants are going to come in phase five. Nope. Oh, I think they'll be there in phase five. I think they'll be introduced in phase five, and the X Men movie will be in phase six. How do you think they'll be introduced in phase five? Wolverine. I think Wolverine will be there by phase five. They're yeah. gonna fucking put Wolverine yeah, yeah. in there. Give me a yeah. fucking break. Uh, the other thing that uh, when we're talking rogue theory is that another way to introduce things is if Namor is coming, um, if there's Doctor Strange, that uh, th- there might be like an Illuminati, and like you could introduce Professor X and have like an Illuminati type of thing. I can't wait. We're going to talk a lot about that Professor X later on. Um, and then I want to t- I want to talk about something. It's a little dicey. Okay. Oh, okay. It's a little, it's like, should I be talking about this? But I want to talk Ooh. about it because it upsets me. Now I want to talk about it too. Because we are two uh, cis, gay, white men. So I, I, I want to talk about something about race because there's a new... Uh, America and Marvel has been accused of racism by Chinese people over the new Shang-Chi movie. Okay. Like the Chinese Twitterverse is very angry at the new casting of Simu Liu. How do you say Simu Liu? Simu Liu, because he's Canadian? No, because he's ugly. Get the fuck out of here. And because they feel it's racist that he looks too Asian. And that is not the standard of beauty in Chinese culture. They feel that his eyes are too slanted and his nose is too wide and that he's ugly. And that, that no Chinese person is going to accept that because we, they have a different standard of beauty. Where are you seeing this? Look it up. It's everywhere. Like <gasps> people are going crazy. And they're saying, the, and, we're, and, we're, and they're saying that Aquafina and Simu Liu are too ugly to be the stars, and that no one in China is going to watch the movies because they're too ugly. Get the fuck out! And of here. the reason they're saying that they're too ugly is that they're too Asian looking, and they're saying that Western culture is racist, that we are racist because we want our Asian people to look super Asian. Wow, there's a fucked up corner to everything, isn't there? But then they said their standard of beauty is they were like, no, we want double eyelids and big eyes. And I was like, wait, so your standard of beauty is to look less Asian? It doesn't make any sense to me and it's upsetting me, Brad. It's hurting my soul. First of all, he's the hottest thing on the planet. So I I get like, this is blowing my mind. I know, right? Second of all, why is Shang-Chi supposed to be the um, avatar of beauty? Like, you can't. You can't have a movie about a guy that's like average looking. <laughs> like, well, I know, have right? You Tom, have you ever you watched Tom Hanks? Yeah. And also, <laughs> it's just fuck? like, what is this? The thing is, like, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is cute, but he's not like the hottest thing that ever happened. And he's the one that kind no. of started the whole thing. Can you imagine if when Robert Downey Jr. got cast, there was a sect of people that was like, he is too ugly to be Iron <laughs> It just it's it's very mind boggling to me that I I love that but it's just mind boggling the idea that they're saying Western culture is racist because we find Asian features attractive. It doesn't make you know any sense how we, to me. You know how we fix this? How we destroy the internet. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good idea. Anyway, that was my rant of things that I don't understand society anymore. We destroy the internet and we we start broadcasting over a, on a radio frequency. That'd be fun. 
Oh, oh my God. What else is going on? Should we talk about well, new new shows? New TV. We've got a new TV show that all of us are abuzz about in The Boys, something you and I are very interested in. The Boys. Yeah. Yeah. I. So when this comic was out, I read a few issues and um, I, and I don't know. It was too it was too stinky for me. I like Garth Ennis. I like Preacher. I like Punisher. Uh, something about the boys. I initially was like, Ugh, well, I decided gross. to read the first issue after watching the first episode. Um, yeah. The first line of dialogue that the Simon Pegg main character, because it's based off of Simon Pegg, the main character. Um, I always thought he looked like Simon Pegg. Yeah. His, but, he, but, it's, it, his first line of dialogue is making fun of gay people and doing like a no homo. Yeah thing so i was like yeah, what <laughs> yeah so i was kind of like oh yeah and then the first female character the first two female characters that are introduced the first female character is immediately horribly brutally killed murdered yep and then the second female character you see is being butt fucked in an office like that yep. that and that's in the comic so it's very problematic in a lot of ways and that is my one thing is the thing that i like about the boys is this if you have not seen the boys it's a world where there is like a justice league but it's all a little bit of a different spin on all the justice league characters but they're all batshit crazy it's kind of like what they really would be they're all egomaniacal yeah, insane corrupt alcoholic fucked up rapists murderers and yeah. the boys are just the people that have been wronged by them that want to take them down. And I like that idea because in this, we're basically taking all of the comic book tropes and we're turning them on their head. The we flip them. We're rooting for the what would be the villains. The problem I have is that the base of all of the boys' characters, are all they're all refrigerator stories. Yep. It's all, oh, my girlfriend was raped. My girlfriend was murdered. My girl, and yep. now I'm going to do this. And I'm like, uh, and then they introduce the thing that's different is in the show, they introduce this character that I love, Starlight. And it's this kind of showing this female character joining the Justice League. And then in her first moments, she gets sexually assaulted. By Chase Crawford, who's our Aquaman character. Yeah. And you're just like. And I was talking to someone, they're like, but they're they're taking the genre and turning it on its head. And my thing was like, okay. are they turning it on its head or are they just using... They're showing the, you its ass. Or are they just using you the same... Are they still just using those same tired tropes? I just right. find it very boring to use a woman's murder or rape to advance the plot of a man. It's... We're better than that. We're better than that. Have How deep into the series... Uh, TV series have you gotten? I, I binged the whole thing. That's the other thing is then I watched okay. the whole thing in a row. So there's one big change. Um, I skipped ahead there, and spoiled it for myself. There's one big change that this show made where they kind of tempered the grossness of the series in that you find out the um, Carl Urban's character, the head of the boys, his motivation. Yes, it's another refrigerator story. His wife was, um, I think, raped by... Uh, Outlander, yeah, our super our Superman character, yeah. and impregnated, but you find out that and disappears, and then you find out that Outlander has been taking care of her and the kid. That's not what happens in the series. In the series, she dies because she's got a little Superman baby inside of her, and it explodes her from the inside out. 
Oh, you didn't. Do you want? Shall we spoil the end of the series? Because that's not what happens. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, spoiler alert. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that's what they tell uh, Homelander is what happens. But then he does some digging, and it turns out that she's alive with the kid. Oh yeah, Homelander. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, uh, so that's different from the book. So she's alive with the kid, but then he he never knew though. So he just found yeah. out, and when he found out, he then just went and like murdered all of the. Uh, that's the that was the thing. There's a lot of children murder. So yeah. and I'm and we're just spoiling the fuck out of this. Uh, sure. Elizabeth Shue's character has a baby. And Homelander, like basically, since Homelander, he th- uh, Butcher, the main character, thinks, oh, you're the she's the only thing that you care about. So he basically holds her hostage, and he's like, I'm gonna blow her up if you know you don't do this, this, and this. And he's like, oh, I don't. He's like, well, she lied to me. So he just looks at her, and just literally just eye beams her like at point blank, and just shoots through her head and kills her. So Elizabeth yeah. Shue dead the thing is her baby is right next to her and then butcher's like fuck it and just blows the house up and kills this baby he literally just murders a baby and then when he wakes up (laughs) homelander saves him not the baby but saves him lets the baby blow up and then shows him that oh look here your wife that i raped is here and here's the kid and that's how it ends it's a lot. And the weirdest thing is, is the main star, the person who plays, was it Hugh? Hugh? Huey? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The kid we meet in the beginning. Yeah. Is Jack Quaid, the son of Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. And I swear. He is? Yes. But look at him. Look at him. You're like, yeah. look at him. And you're like, it's Meg Ryan. No, it's Dennis Quaid. No. Well, that's what, that's what happens with what's her name in Stranger Things with yeah, Uma like, and Ethan's Uma, daughter. Ethan. Uma. Ethan. It's both of them. Yeah, 50-50. <laughs> that's how straight people. That's the cool thing is like, do you ever like get sad that you and your husband can't merge DNA and make a human being? No, it's actually what brings me joy every day of my life. <laughs> Not even just like to do thing. it real quick to see what it's like and then you just destroy uh, it. <laughs> what an obnoxious little shit that would be. <laughs> um, speaking of Uma and Ethan's daughter, Tangent, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, can we give it a few minutes? No, I haven't seen it yet. And I don't Oh, want okay, never mind. Spoilers. The answer is no. I'm sorry. You is sure don't want that? any spoilers. Is she in that? She's in it. She's oh. in it, oh, okay. which I'm surprised by because I thought Uma hated Quentin after Kill Bill, after he made her do that car yeah. that car stunt. That yeah, I think they had like a come to Jesus moment, and he apologized. Yeah. Okay. I will say, but um, yeah, I'm gonna try and maybe see it on Sunday. I urge you to see it. Yeah. No, I'm gonna see it. I, I actually, urge you. I want because you know how there's the in a, in the actual movie there's shots of the ArcLight Dome, the movie theater dome. Yeah, I want to see it in that they're showing it in that theater, but they're showing it on film, like it's an actual film projection. So I kind of want to see that. Yeah, the only thirty five millimeter showing was in Brooklyn. Here, I'm not going all the way to Brooklyn. <laughs> Anyway, the boys, it was enjoyable, but I did it, yeah, it it's was enjoyable. but it was still playing into really tired sexist tropes, which bothered yeah. me. Yeah, it's it is it's tired and I feel like it's 
Would have been really groundbreaking in the nineties. But home, the guy who plays Homelander, he's it's a. I love that character, and it's really interesting how evil he yeah. is. Um, and hey, seeing Chase Crawford's butt in the beginning while yeah. he's stroking it—that wasn't bad. That's my other weird thing is as the show goes on, he basically forces Starlight to like blow him um, by threatening to have her kicked off the team if she doesn't, and then he mm. his whole life falls apart because of that. And then it's it's a kind of like, oh, look how bad his life is. And he's so sad and you're supposed to feel sorry for him. All he wanted was a blowy. Um, but then it was like, no. <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. I don't want to feel sorry for you. My overall review of the show is a quote directly from my husband while we were watching it. And he was kind of not paying attention. He said, wait, is Chase Crawford stroking it? That's my review. <laughs> Da 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 da. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we go into comics? Let's go into some comic books. Do we want to go into non X Men comics first? Yeah, we're gonna end this segment with an in depth discussion of Powers of X. Uh, powers of Ten. Oh, <gasps> slap myself. Powers of pa- Flowers. Flowers of Ten. Fla- Flowers of X. Flowers of X. <laughs> Because, oh boy, it could there's be a lot called, packed into that one. It could be called Flowers of X. It could be called Flowers for Absalon. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, did you read The History of the Marvel Universe by Mark Wade? I did. I read it before you, so I was waiting for you to read it to tell me what you think. You I love, think you it, love this shit. I love this shit. I it To me, it's kind of like it was the Ed Pisker treatment, but without any soul. It was just like... A list. Yeah, that is true. Well, it does. It opens up with Galactus and Franklin and Richards. And Franklin Richards. The last two intelligent beings left in the universe as, as the final entropy starts. It's at, Yeah, it's at the end of time, a conversation. And Franklin was like, and Galactus is like, what's the big deal? This is what I do. I am the last one. I die. And then my death rebirths another universe. And then I spill into that one. And I'll take you with me. And Franklin's like, but will I remember? Well, I remember this one. Or was it all for naught? Galactus, help me remember. And so he walks him through the history of the Marvel Universe. And I have to say, I did love it. Because it kind of started with all like the most ancient, powerful beings. Yeah, and then who came it first? Was, it was and it's weird that Galactus yeah. came first. Super weird that he basically birthed this universe. Yeah. I, did, I liked that they were like, um, this universe was born into existence thanks to like the death of another or something like that, that automatically made me think about timely comics becoming Marvel comics. And that's how Marvel comics was born. It used to be called timely, but then they changed, they changed the name. I was like, Oh, that's cute. Interesting. Yeah. But basically it's like, it's kind of read to me like a list of who the most powerful beings in the Marvel universe, like in order of birth, it's like, first, these all-powerful creatures were born, and then the second kind of all-powerful creatures were born. And from there, like, a very powerful creature was born. Yeah. It'll be weird where it's like, tell me the history of the last billion years. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go through all this, but now I'm going to really focus on the 20th century and 21st century for a really long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, this one goes from um, essentially – the birth of you know Galactus birthing the universe, and then you've got like eternity and um, uh, chaos and order and all those like et- uh, primal beings. But it brings um, recent things in, like the million BC yeah. Avengers. The million BC Avengers. Uh, it ends with the birth of Wolverine. 
Um, and right before that, the Hellfire Club. But way before that, the Eternals and the Deviants. Yeah. It actually got me excited for Eternals. Like, if Eternals is Eternals going to be this kind of origin story of the cosmic MCU? That would be dope. Is it going to establish that Galactus is an, as a celestial? Maybe. That'd Maybe. be dope. Anyway, back to this book. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. The art was great. Javier Rodriguez's art was very consistent and cool throughout. But yeah, it was just like, it was it's like, this is like that chapter in the Bible where it's like, and then so-and-so begat so-and-so yeah. and he begat so-and-so. Yeah. Like, that's what this book is. It's kind of like, if you're not a super nerd into the Marvel Universe, like this would be the worst comic for you to ever read. The worst ever. If you're a DC <laughs> fan, you're like, oh my God, what is this? Um, how about it kind of nailed down who our first mutant ever was, though? Did you catch that? Did it say, was it Apocalypse? Celine. Oh, right, right, right. Well, isn't she? She's an external. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are they didn't the, call her that. <laughs> well, but I mean, the externals are are considered like proto-mutants in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was Celine. Yeah, with Bloodstone, with Ulysses Bloodstone. Not a mutant, but still walking around naked around the same time. What year was Wolverine? Did they say Wolverine was born? 1800? I don't know. 1850? 1850. I love it. What else? Yeah, it was really cool. What else, uh, did, what else did I read? Um, no, I, read? I just keep... Did, I didn't read Valkyrie. I did. I was about to go there. Um, Jane Foster is going to be Thor in the movies soon, but she's Valkyrie now. Um, Valkyrie number one is weird and good. It feels like Spider-Man. It really feels Spider-Man-y. In fact, she even drops his name. She's like, oh, how does Spider-Man do it? It's all about her kind of balance, her secret identity with her other life as a doctor, adjusting to like all of her new powers as Valkyrie. Um, she It starts with her fighting like a street-level gang, Blue Streak, who's actually a Captain America Spider-Man villain. Is has, this like, in New York? Gang. Is she in New York? It's in New York. Yeah, she's down. She's in Midtown. Um, beats up this like scrubby gang of criminals. One of them gets away with, um, so this gang of criminals stole weaponry, um, actually, out of the hands of damage control. That theme keeps popping up um, from War of the Realms. So they got all this dark elf weaponry. So they're fighting her. She's got a new weapon called the All Weapon. Um, it's what happened to the ultimate universe Thor's hammer, the War Thor hammer that she was using in uh -huh. War of the Realms. It broke apart. It reformed as Underyarn. The all weapon. So it just keeps turning into like whatever weapon she needs at the time, which is fucking cool. Oh, 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 so it morphs into anything? Yeah, it morphs into anything she like thinks of. Oh, that's cool. Like, it's a sword. It's a bolo. It, it's two daggers. It's awesome. It's a vibrator. You know, when she's it's a vibrator. Um, so it feels Spider-Man because she's like, oh, my God, I have surgery. <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> uh, so. It turns out that it's all about one of these gang members getting away with um, one of the weapons that they stole was the original Valkyrie, Brunhilde's sword called Dragonfang. So it's all about Jane trying to get Dragonfang, um, Brunhilde's old weapon, out of the hands of evil. So and so she goes, she goes to visit her friend Brunhilde in the, uh, 
in the afterlife because she's a Valkyrie. So she can walk into the death realm anytime she wants. And there's good old blonde Valkyrie. She's like, oh, hey, new Valkyrie. What's up? I'm dead. I'm chilling. <laughs> the afterlife is so boring. If I have oh, to sing Kumbaya, to sing Kumbaya one more time. <laughs> Heathers, um, did you like it? I really did. Are you going to keep reading it? I am. All right. I am because it's um, where that sword in whose hands that sword winds up. It's revealed at the end. I'm down. I'm interested. I read The Runaways. <gasps> the Runaways? Shut up. Um, This is just, I really want you to read this run. Because I honestly I feel if you started reading it, you will breeze through it. Because I, yeah. it's such a soap opera. I hate how short it is. Like, I'm like, uh, because it's literally just a soap opera with sprints, sprints in with powers and fighting. Uh, it's just so fucking good. And this one, it's now basically a doom bot has, is like basically joining their team. Okay. And, uh, Victor, uh, La Mancha, is it La Mancha or Mancha? I can't remember. Uh, I think it's just Mancha. He's not La Mancha. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Victor Mancha, he has his body back, um, and uh, and like, like his like like his summer body, like he got his body back, <laughs> like it was well for the first, unhealthy living for well, a while. He literally was just a head. He was just the head, and he oh. finally, <laughs> and he finally was able to grow his the rest of his body back. And there's the, but this last one, it was just heartbreaking because as I've discussed before. Uh, Gert has been brought back from the dead through time travel. He uh, Chase stole his girlfriend back. The problem is just Chase is now 20 and he stole back a 15 year old Gert. Ooh, and now not a they, good look. And now they can't be together. But the whole thing is he's like, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to be old enough to be with me again. And she's kind of like, well now, but now she fell in love with Victor. And now they're together and it's just super awkward and they're all fighting about it. And there's just like a really sad thing where he's just like, well, Chase was like, I knew I was never good enough for you. So I just need to be okay that you were going to probably just leave me anyway. Like, it was just so sad. And then she's like, no, I did love you. But it's just like, you're just like, a you're like now this weird older person. You're not who I loved anymore. Like, it's so sad. And it's and it makes me think of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like I want to see that plot line because there's got to be people that were dating in high school. Yeah. And now this so person now it's is like twenty, gross. and you're fifteen, and we can't be together. Like I think I want to see. I know they're not going to touch that at all, but I think that they tried to. They did it in the. They didn't. They did it a bit in the you know the Spider Man movie. But not in the icky way. <laughs> I want the icky way addressed. <laughs> in a cute way. I want the icky way addressed. We open on a trial. <laughs> Someone is accused of statutory. And it was like, she's 13. But I was 13 when we were together. <laughs> it was just a blip. Uh, anyway, yeah, I weird love stuff. Runaways. I want you to read it. Will you please read it for me, Brett? I will. I will read it. Okay. Um, I did read Guardians of the Galaxy 7, which was touted as something about the storyline involving the death of Rocket Raccoon, um, who shows up at uh, somewhere in the story looking really worse for wear. I don't know where Rocket's been exactly 
Um, I got to look into that. Maybe he was fucked up when they fell into the black hole. I don't remember. Um, I do like this new team of Guardians, mostly because I love our lesbians, Moondragon and Phylavel. I heard, didn't Gamora and Star-Lord fuck recently? Yeah, in this issue. Oh, did have they... They fucked before, right? In the comics? Yeah, and in, like... But then in what was the weird thing that led to the Infinity Warps? Like she killed him. Yeah, then she killed. And then they can find her. Yeah. Yeah, but then they brought him back and like blah blah blah. blah. Anyway, he even makes a comment like, "Wow, it's so weird that we just jumped right in bed together after all that." She's like, "Well, we've both come back from the dead. Let's waste no time." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, just let's just make them a couple again. We don't need to." Still be like, "Hey, you did, bitch. You still stabbed me." Bitch, you still stabbed me through the heart. Yeah. That's the thing. Over- I don't know. I would hold that against someone I was dating. Me too. I passive aggressively though. It'd be real annoying. Um, so I worry about our friend Rocket, and I will be continuing to read Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. But I don't really have much to say about it. Oh, they wipe out the Nova Corps. And like kill them? Yeah. Wait, the Guardians kill them? No. The bad guys. Oh, okay. Uh, the new ba- the new bad guys are the Universal Church of Truth, which is a space cult that worships the Magus, which is the evil version of Adam Warlock. Hmm. They're trying to resurrect Magus. Interesting. So, so yeah. wait, so does that mean? But is the regular Nova still alive? Richard Ryder and Little Boy Sam are still alive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but the rest of them very much dead. All right. Work. <laughs> Work it. Shall we get into the Let's main event? Let's do it. Oh, yay. The main event. Ding, ding. I actually have a big problem with it. Oh, Powers God. Here we go. I thought we were going to be fine. No, I love the storytelling. I love the characters. But there's a logistic problem. Oh, my God. If you go into this whole, the X-Men have only been around for 10 years yes, bullshit. Yes, We're going to get into it. <laughs> We're going to get into it, Brett, because he had to do, because now we know Powers of 10. He's telling the story at X at 10 to the zero, which is, the, so it's like the beginning. And then 10 one. to the one, 10 years later, and then 10 to the two, a hundred years the present. later, and 10 to the three, a thousand years later. It's great. It's genius. It's not genius because there is no way... That Moira McTaggart meets Professor X before he founded any X-Men and that everything the now is 10 years? That's not Moira. I got news for you. That's not Moira. I don't know who it is, is it but it ain't Moira. Well, but, no, but, it's, it's someone from the future. But do you think, but that still seems like that is before. Oh, he's walking. Yeah. That's what I mean. So it's before the yeah. X-Men. No. No, Brett. Okay. So no. here's the thing. I don't take it that – to me, it's like the the second power, like the year 10. I To me, that's like – it could be anywhere from 10 years in to 99 years in. It's, it's that no. exponential. It literally says 10 years later. Also – that's true. Also, <laughs> I'm fine with ten years. I really am. I'm, no, because like, it changes you, you everything. Could pack, okay, explain. You could Kitty, pack everything. Explain in. Kitty Pride to me, Brett. Uh, it happened during year three, and Hellfire Club Phoenix stuff took a week. <laughs> no, but she was full on thirteen years old, and now she's at least twenty-one. That's less than ten years. But that also That's means eight years. 
So you're saying the whole original X-Men who were also teenagers? They weren't teenagers when Kitty Pride showed up. They were like from 18 to 28. They were probably 1920 when Kitty showed up. They probably started when they were like 15, Ugh. 16. It's a very problematic math. It's. I think people are making a bigger, bigger deal of it than it needs to be. Okay, but, it's been but, 10 okay, years. But can I look past it? Of course I can. Of course I can. All I'm saying is the, the thing that would made more sense if he made it like 15 years, that would have made more sense, but he didn't do it because he was so all bone rock hard over the powers of 10 theme. Yep. So we start with Chuck who's walking. So you're right. I mean, this takes place like well before his fight with Lucifer. Okay. Which is but, well before the X Men. Okay. And now, Brett, we're gonna. Con- I want now. I know, like you have a hard on for this, but we're not gonna. We're not gonna go panel by panel like we did at the last. We won't. We won't. We won't. <laughs> you. You were so. I've. I don't think I've ever seen you that worked up over a comic before. That's well, awesome. buckle up because I've got notes on this well, one no, too. But, okay, before we start though, I recently started working with someone and then when I walked into their editing bay they were looking up the re- reviews of House of X and I was like <gasps> I was like you like X-Men he's like yeah but I usually only read trades so I'm not like I usually <gasps> don't read anything until later but then he was going off and like this looks dumb I hate this and I was like you need to read it and I was trying to tell him what it was he's like that sounds awful and I was like I can't talk to you anymore and then he said the thing that really he was like well unfortunately you have to admit uh, Inhumans versus X-Men basically ruined Emma Frost forever and she's irredeemable. <gasps> and she Oh my could... God, is this your new boyfriend? No, but I, no, no. He literally is like, Emma Frost, you can't ever use her again. She's awful. And I was like, you shut up. Oh I will God, kill you. Jerk. <laughs> but what then it made, jerk. But then it made me realize, but his points were kind of valid. <laughs> but oh is, no, dude, please. But it is she's like- She's a space pirate. But the fact that we- <laughs> The fact that we love her so much, we are looking... I still want them to address her genocide of the Inhumans. No, it was Malice. That's what I'm saying. I want them to say that. I want them to say, Cassandra Nova, Malice, someone took her over and did that. Just do that. Just All please, right. just a line of dialogue. Okay, powers of 10. We get the most... What is What was billed in the hype and the marketing as the most important scene in X-Men history, which is... Xavier and Moira looking at each other, each of their faces framed in a panel, and her saying, read my mind. And he goes, ah. But he's like, but he doesn't know who she is, even as Moira. So it ain't Moira. But but that's what I'm saying is even if it was Moira McTaggart, he doesn't know who Moira McTaggart is. My first thought at this point is, is it Xavier? What do you mean? Is it Charles Xavier inside Moira? What? Is it fu- is that a future Charles Xavier saying to a past Charles Xavier, read my mind? I don't know. These are theories. I These are- don't think that's what it is. I think the okay. fact, no, here, I think it's uh, Apocalypse. Because we saw later issues of her making out with Apocalypse. Oh, wait a minute. And he says the strong man. He calls him, she calls him the strong man. I looked over and I saw what I needed, the strong man. <gasps> Maybe it is Apocalypse. Yeah. But they talk about how she went to a fortune teller and they were talking about different tarot cards and it was showing things from the future, like different future characters. That was very interesting. Rasputin? 
Yeah, Rasputin, the Tower, and Cardinal. Um, also, did you notice what Xavier was doing when Moira happened upon him? Just a little... A Sudoku. Because just, apparently when all this little, started, mind? it was only 10 years ago. So YouTube oh, was already a thing when YouTube was... When, when Professor X was walking around and the X-Men hasn't even started yet. I'm bored. <laughs> Uh, just a little early mind control, just bending some birds to my will and being like, oh, busted. He was? What was he making them do? Fuck each other. Fly in a circle. Oh. So already a red flag. All right. So then we get to, it goes into the hundred years later next. Yeah, well, we see like Mystique deliver the package from Damage Control, and, oh, and yeah. it's just—it's all very villainous, all of it. Yeah. And but then, yeah, then we get to the hundred years, and so there we finally get the dossiers, and we we see that there is a character that will not fight, the one that looks like Nightcrawler, and then Rasputin is basically all fucking powerful. All right, back up. <laughs> just back up. We're not going. We're not going. Frame by frame. But you have to explain what this is. These are the sinister mutants. So, Mr. Sinister, and I'm bringing this up for a reason. Mr. Sinister, they explain, created breeding pits and created tons of generations of mutants. And it says the first generation of Sinister's mutants were uniformly designated or designed to be divergent copies of a singular DNA source with a pure, uncompromised X gene. Okay? So, that's just like. To me, they were making clones of like pure mutants. So I ask you, is that what we saw in the beginning of House of X? So is, is that this, sinister? Is it Mr. Sinister? That's it's not Professor X. It's Mr. Sinister. Are those the breeding pits? I mean, that yeah. would make sense. Is that why we see Scott and Jean? Because those are first generation mutants who are u- uniformly designed by divergent copies of singular DNA sources. I think so. All right. And then they then they go into then they started combining two mutants and then creating the second generation, which was pretty much like they've got both powers. Is that Doug Ramsey, who's got the powers of Doug and Warlock? Well, no, because that happens the next generation. Yeah, I'm saying, are there two generations already happening? Yeah. No. Do, but, do well, the pod, are the pod people the first gen? And then we don't know when that takes place. Well, but I mean, I, it's hard to say that. That's a bad example because there's always been Douglock. Like they've always had a That's weird, true. That's true. And Warlock's not really thing. a mutant. Yeah. Yeah. But then we get to the third generation. They're the combination of five mutants. And then we meet Rasputin. Who is like four cool mutants and a dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> who's the dumb one unis the untouchable yeah well it's like who ca- who the fuck is that <laughs> like, I, had to look that, I, had to, I had to look that up i don't oh my god i don't even remember him in a single thing shame i don't remember shame. anything shame and even when shame. i looked it up when i'm like oh i did read him in things i'm like you he was never an interesting character ever original brotherhood baby he was in the original brotherhood of evil mutants maybe i think so maybe um, anyway, That's something I want to look up. So Rasputin has Colossus, Kitty, Quentin Quire, uh, Unis, X23, and X23. So you're, she you, she can't be touched. She can't be hurt. She can read minds and she's insanely super strong and she, 
and she, and she can't and she has force fields. Like it's crazy. That's wait, insane. and she has magic soul sword. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> and then Cardinal, yeah, it turns out he's called an outlier, which were um, um, uh, Sinister's mutants who went wrong in that they are pacifists, so they were thrown away. They're garbage. And it's interesting, though. I want to know more. Did it show say what? It didn't say what his makeup was, right? No, I mean, it's clearly but, Nightcrawler and something else. Yeah. And then the other one is we have the new versions of hounds. Cliobel. Uh, which are like, what were they called? Dark something? Black brain telepaths. Black brain telepaths. And they were created by the bad guys, the, the man-machine supremacy, which is what Orcus used to be. I'm guessing that Orcus yeah. evolves into the man-machine supremacy. Yeah, and she, her nature is to betray... So she was supposed to betray the X-Men, but she wound up betraying her makers yeah. instead, which the whole thing is very Rachel Gray, right? Yes. Yes. She says when she's captured and taken to Nimrod the Lesser, my personal favorite character, and Omega Sentinel, she says, if it takes a thousand years, we will erase you from existence. Guess what? They did. As we find out in year 1000. Wait, who says that? Cliobel, before they put her in that tank. Oh, yeah, because there are no more humans anymore. Yeah. Uh, before that, though, we meet the X-Men of Asteroid K. And we got to talk about this. <laughs> we meet four members of the eight X-Men that are left. And in wait, the, wait, before hundred years later. Wait, but a, so a hundred years later, in one of the dossiers, it talks about yes, mutants are taking over, but because of the man machine, which was the was it Orcus? Is that they called again? Orcus turned into the man, man machine, machine supremacy. They, yes. The war that then ensues, mutants are basically whittled down to almost nothing. Again. Ten thousand. Yeah, <clears throat> and a lot of and most of them live off Earth. They live in between Shi'ar and Brood space. That's awesome. Yeah. And then that's 8,000 of them. And then 2,000 of them live closer to Shi'ar space, and they're kind of being trained to be Imperial Guard people. And then there is only eight left now. Was it eight? There are eight mutants in, yeah, Asteroid K, um, which is near Earth. So they're in, like, the Sol, our, our solar system. And we meet four old as fuck Classic X-Men, Wolverine, Magneto, who I'm guessing is Black Tom Cassidy, and Zorn. Yeah. So there's eight. So that's four. Rasputin and Cardinal are five and six. Wolverine refers to, quote, the old man. That's seven, which means there's also a mystery eighth. So we don't know who seven and eight are, but seven is an old man. Do you think it's still like whoever Professor X is, or do you think... Could be Scott. Interesting. I think all that is very, it's all very fascinating. The thing that I find interesting is it is officially erased the standard uh, Days of Future, Past, Future. Yeah, and Bishop's Future. Yeah. Yeah, that's gone. Gonzo. Um, 
the other thing I thought was no, was interesting is that they're saying that the the Shi'ar Empress wants to try to take over Seoul, wants oh, to try to take Earth of, back. Did you see the name of who it was? How about that? It's a what's her name? It's Zandra. Zandra from from, from Mister and Mrs. X. Yeah. So is Moira Zandra? She's Charles's kid. Maybe. Did well, she send her consciousness back? But that's the crazy thing is, but then why? Because that's the thing is, if this person goes, if it's the most important thing going back in time, uh, if this person, and I like that idea of someone going back in time, is she going, is this person going back in time to create all of this awful Professor X? Or is this or person trying to stop it? Like, is right. what we're, yeah, so it's like technically this earlier part, is this now going to then re-erase everything? Like, it's, when you deal with time shit, I, that's, I'm, it's, it's, you, it's, you get dicey with all could just be erased and never have happened. Especially yeah, with the I fact think... if there's pod people that these aren't the real X-Men and they're somewhere else. Ugh. It's there's a lot of play here. Well, that's, but the it's one... essentially what Days of Future Past was. I mean, this is, Days of Future Past was old Kitty Pride sending her consciousness back to young Kitty Pride to prevent a future. Somebody did the same thing to Moira. I think somebody from the future did a Days of Future Past and entered Moira and is trying to like basically save everything. And so now I'm going to throw this out there. And I know you're just going to say no. But is this... He's starting the X-Men over as a way like, oh, everyone can jump in. But can they... Is this too complicated for new people to come in and start reading this comic? Do you feel it's too complicated? We'll see. I mean, right now it's a mystery and we don't know what any of the answers are. Um, I don't, I wouldn't call, uh, what's his name, Hickman a simple writer. I think his ideas are very complex. Well, like his, the whole idea, his whole thing with the dossiers and all of that's like he does that in all of his things. He likes kind of creating yeah. these whole worlds. But it might Charts. be sometimes I'm wondering, and I like it because I'm. It fills that that nerd in me. But I do wonder, like, is this too impenetrable for a new person to come in and start reading this? Yeah, like where Grant Morrison's run, I feel is a little more accessible. This is a little feeling, more straightforward. This is feeling very, very complicated. Yeah, it is complex. You're dealing with four different timelines. Yeah, but yeah, so I'm kind of psyched. Yeah, and then we get to year one thousand. Yeah, mutants won the war. Humans have been entirely replaced by machines. Except for two, that this mysterious librarian character wearing a similar Cerebro helmet to Xavier. Cliobel um, is still in that. Yeah. Weird, that and is- I think is is the librarian trying to like when she's like, damn it, I can't get any more info. Is she trying to pull it all from Cliobel's brain? Well, no, but what they said, it's not just Cliobel, although it's weird she's the only one there. But Nimrod was saying that instead of killing the mutants, they're literally sucking them in and putting their brains so they're not really dead. Their brains are just like in there so that they can access all of their thoughts and memories. It's like a living database. Which is also like a horrible torture. That's like living torture. Uh, So is... Is the librarian, this blue person, the one that went back into Moira and is going to use this database to kind of repopulate? Ex- Ugh, but the then what is, but is that blue person a mutant? Like, what are she's they? She's got Nimrod. She's got a, a, 
Nimrod the Greater, who is now just like a floating benevolent, head. a floating head, and is the one who is keeping this database intact, and is sort of losing, like losing it a little. Yeah. But that's where I wonder, like, do you think it's just, uh, do you think that's a mutant, or is this like a diff, or is it a diff- is it an alien? I think it's a mutant. Okay. Well. But we see we see more Adam and Eve imagery, which is interesting. Yeah, and then the code at the end says that two stories from now is going to be called "Hello, old friend," which immediately makes me think it's about Xavier and Magneto, old friend. Yeah, I'm here for it. Oof. Although I will say, I like Powers of Ten. But I'm here for House of X. I want the main. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for the main story. Yeah. They're more tied together than I thought. I didn't think we would see present day. Yeah. Like, I didn't think we would see the immediate aftermath of Mystique's heist. Yeah. So this really is like one series. Yeah. Nimrod is such a little stinker. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. Every week is a new day. So exciting. Remember when Nimrod was like also like a like he was like a human cop? Remember Mark Silvestri's run? Yeah, like he was he shapeshifted yeah. into so like a weird. cop with a mustache. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> bring him, bring him back. <laughs> yeah, bring that cop back. Bring Nimrod cop, Nim cop. All right, Nim cops. We did it. We did it. So much fun. So much to look forward to in the future. Especially our upcoming episode 100. One Planning big stuff for that. 100. Oh, um, a sister, another podcast, um, um, the Homo Superior podcast. They just did their 100th episode. Want to wish a congratulations to the boys at the Homo Superior podcast. Yeah, and once again, watch Rogue Theory on YouTube, the new Rockstars channel. I'm on it. And you can see my face. She's on it. That's what you've all been waiting for. We're going to make sure that Evil Jeff's face is splashed all over our social media. Speaking of that, give us a response on Twitter. What would you like to hear us talk about? Or more importantly and more relevantly, what's one of the many things we got wrong as we talked about comics? Yeah. Correct us. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Insta. And most importantly, go to that little podcast app of yours on your little bit of phone and give us a rating, preferably five stars. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to go drink. Okay. And guys, just remember, if you watched The Boys on Amazon Prime this past week, well, I hate to break it to you, well, that <laughs> makes you queer. queer. Bye. Bye. Bye.